Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. And coming up next, we got Coach Seth Wilson. Coach Wilson is from Maya Mamata, Folk Union, where I went to after uh, leaving Burke High School and uh, was coached by the great, late Coach Fletcher Arrett. Um, and talking to Coach Wilson, uh, we talked about just the transition from high school to prep school, all the things needed from a high school player, um, getting ready to get into that, the big league times, right? Um, what college coaches look for, uh, things of that nature. So a very, very interesting story. In addition to uh, Coach Wilson, younger days, and how he came up, and things that that triggers um, his everyday success. All right, let's get into the interview. All right, so we'll get into it, man. I appreciate sure. you coming on today. This, you know, wealth of knowledge for the the student athletes and the families. You know, it's, it's, it's no better way to get it. You know, straight from people that's already doing it and have done it before. You know. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we get started, you know, Coach, um, you know, coming up, everybody started in, in, you know, in the rec era, in elementary school, you know, rec departments, and, and talking to different, you know, you know, people, to different guests, you know, some had rec support, some didn't, some did their own thing privately. Um, take us back and, yeah. and tell us, you know, your start into the sport. Um, and, you know, how did you get started? All right, so... Um... I came out the womb trying to trying to dribble a basketball or throw a football or tackling. So it was just something that we always did. Right. Um, but I would say my first real experience with youth sports um, started when I was nine years old. I played base baseball for a year. Okay. Um, did not enjoy it at all. I wasn't I wasn't any any good good at it. Uh, that's probably my first experience. Uh, it was a like local league in Morgantown, West Virginia. But then when it comes to like basketball, um, I moved uh, this town to a township just outside of Pittsburgh, and they had their own like town township youth sports pro program. We called ourselves the South Bay Lions. We had this yeah. little league called the L Little Hoopers, and I was on the Chicago Bulls in uh, fifth and sixth grade. That's what's up. Yes, sir. And um, so what, what kind of things that you did? It was it only like fundamentals. You guys just play games or, you know, what was the, the, the purpose of the program per se? So basically it was just really to get kids active and play games gotcha. and um, kind of do a lot there. Uh, Western, Western Pennsylvania in the early nineties isn't really known for like a basketball spot i mean granted you had like the one blair come out of there you had um 
what was the guy's name? Danny Foster that went to Cincinnati. He was from Western PA, but it was pretty much a football town. Now, when you went to football practice, youth football practice, man, it was skill development. It was drills. It was getting it all done. But as far as basketball goes, man, it was just kind of roll, roll, lot the balls and play. Got you. So what, so what uh, sport did you play in high school? Did you play both football and basketball in high school as well? Yeah, so I was a um, played football. I wrestled a couple years. I golfed for a year. Um, I played basketball for some years too. I mean, I just was always wanting to be active and uh, just love all sorts of sports, man. Got you. So you know, and and um, and you know, take us back to where the the love for the game started because you know, uh, high school, you know, college. Um, and then professional. Uh, we all know that you're, you know, coaching at, at, at FUMA right now, which is my model to get into that. Um, yeah. Take us into that, 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 uh, that route. You know, how, how did it happen, you know, to you becoming a head coach right now? What were some of the things that um, you experienced from high school, college to now? Man, so um, my love of sports started early, early on. Uh, my dad taught, taught, taught me the uh, route tree in fo- football when I was nine, and I fell in love with it. And then when I was 11 years old, that's when I knew that I wanted to be a coach. And I had, yes, I, there was still this back of my mind. I was going to be either, I was going to be a dual sport athlete like Bo, Bo Jackson, because he was one of my idols back in the day. I was going to be a like inside line Line, linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then I was going to be a shooting shooting guard for the New York Knicks. But that was always like way in like the back of my mind, you know, because I knew I, I wasn't ever going to be become that. But coaching is just a love that I've had since I was 11 years old. And my n- nickname on every football team or basketball team I was on was coach. Because right. I just knew the plays inside and out. And I, at times, knew them a lot better than, like, the coaches did. Like, I just had this, you know, I don't know if it was a gift or what you want to call it, but I was just able to just see it as a coach early on. And so when I left uh, high, high school, I went and became a student manager for the WBU men's basketball team. Okay. And that was where my connection to Fourth Union started. Because both Tommy Bynan and Brooks Bynan, who are FUMA postgraduate alums, were both on that team. Right. And we just sort of did, like, developed a friend, friendship from there. Um, they went off and graduated and kind of did their own thing. And then I moved to Georgia and started being a youth basketball director. I was an athletic director for a YMCA. So I was building a youth soccer league, youth football league, youth basketball, youth baseball a, a, a like aquatics program the whole nine and so uh i was able to as like you're the like head of a youth sports organization you got to have two things in mind one the quantity of play and the right. quality of play right and so being able to do that where i'm helping generate re- revenue for the ymca um generating uh, more opportunities for the youth in Covington, Georgia, to be able to participate and grow. I'm also the 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 the, 
director of coaching too for the whole program. So I'm focusing a lot on the quality of play. Right. And then that then led to some my time with the uh, Atlanta Hawks. And so I started coaching in their basketball development program and working, working along alongside those guys, going to practices from time to time, doing a lot of youth camps and clinics and and then that that whole nine. And then and then I take a turn and I go and work for Andy Landers at the University of Georgia. Sure. And uh, I'm working in women's bas- basketball for two years. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that right there just added a new unique perspective on how the game can be taught, mm-hmm. how the game can be played, how you have to co- change the way that you communicate to different athletes. Makes sense. And so that right there was a huge um um, just a huge, uh, like experience. experience in my life. Andy, Andy, like Landers, in my opinion, as far as all the coaches that I've been around and I've been around Gail Catlett, John B B line. I've been around, um, Andy Landers. I've been around Mike, Mike Woodson, Larry Drew, Nick Van Exel, been around coach Eric, been around all those guys. <laughs> Andy Landers is up there as one of the top coaches, um, I've ever been around. So that was a huge experience for me. And so from there, Brooks takes over. Brooks Berry takes yep. over for Fletcher Eric. He says, I need your help. And so I came back to Fourth Union and was an assistant coach for them for uh, two years. And then, like, you know what Fourth Union's like? It's yep. in the middle of no, nowhere, right? Yep. And I'm a young single man who's, like, trying to find – the woman of my dreams, you're probably not going to find it at an all boys military boarding school in the middle of nowhere. Right. That's like not likely to happen. So I moved to Charlotte, Charlottesville, became a elementary PE teacher, started in in, an AAU program. And then I transitioned a little bit and started coaching football more. And then I, I, I became head coach of our, um, you know, of our like high, high school team. We uh, like from there w- went on a 20, 27 and two run over the next um, three years had back to back to back un- undefeated state championships wow. seasons. And then I was like, you know what? I mean, I was, I was at the time coaching middle school basketball and JV basketball and helping out with varsity and running an AAU organization. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get like back into hoops and, you know, challenge, challenge myself a little bit more. So that's kind of what led to the Fork Union. I know that was a long answer, but no, like a great answer. Kind of kind of been through some like spots there. And and you know, uh Tom Tom Bynan was my roommate when I was there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was, yeah, that's that's my, my that's my roommate when I got there. But I want to ask you a question, yeah. coach. You know, you spend a lot of time with different coaches. Of time different areas with the sport but one thing i want to ask and get your uh, your, your uh, input on is that you know this 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 podcast is not just for student athletes it's not just for parents it's, it's for you know uh people that want to be players that want to be coaches as well and sometimes you know it's a disconnect from understanding what assistant uh coaches roles are compared to head coaches role what's your yes. what's your take on that um, far as being an assistant coach, what's your take on how your role should be for the head coach 
And then now that you're a head coach, what are you expecting from your assistant coaches? Um, so your job as the assistant coach is to duplicate the head coach in as many situations as possible. Now, I'm not saying that if you're under a head coach who's not doing things honor honorably or not speaking well or not any of those things, like if you're in a situation like that, in my opinion, definitely do not talk the way that he talks or try to influence people the way that he does if he's not an honorable coach. But if he's someone that you admire, someone that you respect, someone that you get um, um, that you're like happy to be a part of, that you're joining their staff, then you, it's your job is to help his vision come to life, right? It's not about you thinking, oh, I know best or I know better or, or I can do this thing differently or my style works. That's all true. And your style may be better. It may work. It may do a lot of those things, but that's not your role as the assistant coach. You're there to support the head coach and help his vision come to life as best as you can. So, um, well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a quick shoot. question, though, coach. What if? Shoot. So, what if the assistant coach has got some input that could be creative or be effective to the scheme of things, right? Then you give so it. So they not, you know, voice their opinion on, on that situation. Yeah, no, they ab abso absolutely should, but I think that's done behind closed doors with like the with the coaches and the coaching staff there. And so if you have a good re like relationship with your coach, then it's about marrying those two I ideas together. And if he's someone who like is hiring people who may be smarter than him, right? Cuz that's what they say great leaders, sure. great CEOs, great guys. Hire people, hire people that are smarter than you and then listen to them, sure. you know? And so absolutely give your input, absolutely um, put all that into it. But if you've shared your input and he still or she will still wants to do it their way, then it's your job to then put your ego aside, what you want aside, and then help their vision come to life. And that may also mean helping them understand an aspect or a perspective of their coaching decision that they may not see. That's true. And and what it, and, and what's your take on what are your expectations from you know your coach? Is is it the same thing? You expect them to support your role or is something extra do you and do you communicate that with them? How do you, what's your relationship like with your assistant coaches? Um and so uh, I'm just going to keep going with the answer. Um, what I want from my a for what I want from my assistant coaches there is I want someone who one is not just going to be a yes yes man or a yes guy, right? I don't want you to be that. I want you to disagree with me. I want you to bring up counterpoints. I want you to say, well, have you thought about it from this this angle? Um, I certainly want that, but I also want you to be able to give max effort because sure. that's something that you never have to worry about with me is how much effort I'm going to bring and how much in, in intensity that I'm going to bring to every moment. And so you need to match, match that. And you need to find ways to, you know, find value, be cre creative, find ways to build re re relationships, take ownership of your craft and like, make sure that it all fits in with our culture. 
Gotcha. And, you know, going to Fort Union, which I had a great time, um, I'll never trade that experience for the world, but it, it, it was tough. It's a different, yeah. it's a different light where you got to wake up, you got to shine your shoes, you got to make your bed, you got to be in uniform, you know, you got to walk a certain way. Like it's, it's, it's a sacrifice to get to the next level. Um, me being a, a, you know, coming from a different situation and, 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 and that was my last resort to get, making it happen. I had no, no options of making decisions. What, what do yeah. you do with some of the best, you know, athletes in the, in the world, in the country, wanting to come to Fort Union, but still considering those military duties. What's, yeah. what's your biggest sell on how do you get athletes to commit? <clears throat> well, for for one, like the, what I tell every single player that I've ever coached is the only person that's going to keep you from being the best version of yourself because it won't be me. Like if you've ever wanted a coach that is going to help you become exactly the player that you want to be, who's going to motivate you every single day, who's going to inspire you, who's going to come up with unique drills specifically to enhance what it is that you want to become on and off the court. I'm your guy. Like I'm, I am not here because I'm trying to get a college job. I'm here because sports saved my life and sport taught me how to be a great human being. I want to do everything in my power to help you become the same. In this timeout session, we got Trey McLean. Like one tournament, we was playing with TMP, and this way it came back to what Johnny told me about defense, dog. Like on my team, I went scoring. I probably averaged like six points that whole summer, man. Mm. Like. You know, in TMP, everybody good. So you know what I mean? You're not even gonna play a lot, but because everybody good, but it's gonna make you better. For so sure. man, when we played one game and I can't remember where we was at, we was losing. And Saunders the one giving me no minutes like that. They ain't used to play because I was playing around all the time. Sure. So they weren't playing me. And so they put me in. And I just was going, I just played defense. I just played my butt off, dog. And, like, and that jump just reverted back to like that foundation, you know what I'm saying? To, to, to taking in certain things that's going to carry you along the way. And I played, I just played super hard, man. We gained up comeback and winning. I made some nice plays, got a couple of dunks, got a couple of steals, got a couple of nice, you know what I'm saying? Some rebounds and sure. And Queens was at the game, Queens University of Charlotte was at the game. And that's when they started, uh, you know what I'm saying? They had sent me a letter and stuff like that. South Carolina State, they was recruiting me. Because after that game, I started playing well the rest of the summer. Like, I right. played really it well. It kind of clicked for you. Yeah. Now, let's get back to the interview. And so, for one, you're not going to find a more passionate, a more inspiring a nerdier coach than me. And I I am going to thump music the entire time. So, like, now I got a big Bluetooth speaker in Thomas Gymnasium. And I blast that during every practice, every workout, all that stuff, man. Sure. Like, that 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 right there is one, though, is that what makes me me is you will hardly find that in another coach. Um, second... We now have off from 
10.30 in the morning to 12.30 in the afternoon. And so we can do an hour-long skill development session five days a week, wow. right? And we can we do that. And I follow a unique skill development model where I'm um, putting players into game situations, into like an exact game type um, moment, and you now have to not only perform the skill, but you got to perform it very well while tired, under pressure, in a mm. consistently competitive envir environment. Because mm. that's what the game is. Like, we don't do a whole lot of one-on-o skill sure. development. It might be 1v1 where the offense has a slight advantage. It might be 1v2 where, again, the offense has a slight uh, advantage, but now there's help side row. Sure. rotating now you got to finish that so we have that we also have a, a a a weight room with a sports performance coach that rivals most college colleges right sure. and so you have all those aspects into there and then i feel like one of the things that i'm pretty good at is creating positive meaning in the moment and that being able to transfer the skills that the military environment teaches you, um, the experience it exposes you, ex exposes you to, how to translate that transfer or that experience to the court. Because if you make sure that your shoes are shined right every single day, you're going to make sure that your basketball shoes look are at top point every single day. If you're out there making sure that your bed is made every single day right then you're going to make sure that your locker is prepared that you're going to make sure that your game bag is ready to go like all those little tiny de de details that i'm sure that you know that separate the all the 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 all-conference player from the starter the, the the person who gets drafted from the all-star the the nba all-star from all all those little tiny wins that you can create in your daily life that's what separates people and the fork union um the fork union experience helps does do that and like the second point that i'll say to it is this is that we're trying to also show them the difference be between being happy and ex experiencing joy mm. right happy it, you can be entertained you can like feel like a little bit of excitement you could have some of those things there and all that is well and good but joy is something that mm. you only feel after an arduous journey mm. right joy is difficult right mm. difficult to uh, get but it's maybe one of the most powerful feelings that you can ever you know have in, in this world and when you have put yourself through a situation and experience that would break most people mm. right and you are now mentally tougher emotionally tougher physically tougher spiritually tougher you now can walk into any room whatsoever stand up nice and tall with your shoulders back and stare everybody in the eye and be your true self because bro I'm tougher than most. Sure. I've been through it. I've been through the ground, you know? And so yeah. that, that for me is the, you know, the like self.
Uh, Coach, you make you make you make me want to come back to Full Kenyon for a couple of years. Good man, come, bro, come. I can <laughs> I can use the score. <laughs> so, Coach, and that's why I use my 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 players too. I asked him. I said, "What's more important, a penny or a dollar?" And most kids will say, obviously, a dollar. So my next question with them would be, "What if you had ninety nine cents? <clears throat> How important is that penny to make a dollar?" Right. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about. Those small little things, those daily deposits that you have to do that make you great. Right. It ain't the you yeah. can't come in the gym on the first day and do a crossover pull up three. That's that's 50 cents. You know, LeBron, James, yeah. they, got, they got like three dollars right now. Right. So yeah. it's a penny a day to help you get to your point. And I want to uh, I want you to touch base on something you said earlier about sports saving your life. Um, yeah. You know, can you, you know, you know, expand a little bit on that? Which, which yeah, that? yeah, yes. Yeah. So there are some folks that are in this world that are like blessed with two wonderful parents, Correct. right? And parents that are speaking life into them and empowerment, encouragement, and all that other good stuff into them. Uh I was not lucky to be blessed with those. I come from a long line of just a abuse of parents on both sides of the, you know, scale. My like mom doesn't come from a good line. She was not treated well by her mom and her stepfather. And they go back a couple of generations. My like dad and his brothers and sisters, they were severely mis mistreated by my grandfather. And he was severely mistreated by his grandfather and so my dad and his my dad and my mom like they hate one one another like I've only seen him in the same room five times and three of those were in a court in a courtroom right mm -hmm. like they hate one another and um neither one of them are in my opinion were good human beings when I was under their care and so like they divorced and I was in the middle of all that fighting back and forth my mom was a single mom and she was you know having a like good time trying to sort of heal all the pain that she was having as a single mom having grown up in a difficult environment with the ways that a single mom can do can do that and then so I leave her because it's so chaotic and go live with my dad and my stepmom and I believe that my stepmom had an undiagnosed mental illness, right? Mm -hmm. But my, but my like dad grew, grew up in a very chaotic environment and a very mean and abusive environment. And so he just read like Peter the sins of his father, right? So I, I grew, I grew up in a household where when I left my mom, my mom threw up the deuces and that was the last I heard, wow. heard from her. Wow. Um, and then I'm left alone with my dad and my stepmom. And there is no line to how mean that she wanted to be that she could not cross. Mm. There was there was nothing too mean that she couldn't say to me. There was no like physical like violence that she couldn't bring to me that was not allowed to do in that house. Wow. And like I was taught that I earned that be mm. simply simply because I was alive, mm. you know. And so. For me, my escape growing up was sports. And wow. so when I when I when I went to football practice, when I went to youth football practice, I got to just compete 
and I'm a, I'm an insane hyper come like competitive dude. I've got some stories where my competitiveness has gotten out of hand at times, but I'm an insane compet, and so I'm allowed to just compete there. And what I learned is that, especially after I got out of that environment, because there was a point in time where my dad challenged me to a fist fight, and 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 like I said, yes, right. And that was like the last time that they put their hands on me. But that meant that I was, I had one, one like foot out, out like the, the, the door. Cause how dare you do that in like this house. Yeah. And so when all of those influences were gone, what I found is that by giving yourself over to the sport and honoring the structure and the rules and the style of play that the sport produces, you end up becoming a great human being. That's why modern organized sports was designed. That's why Dr. James Naismith invented the sport. He was trying to find a way to help Mm. young men who were running amok in Springfield and Boston, Massachusetts. How do you teach these young men how to be productive members of this society? The, the like the like um, the the head of the rug the rugby school when he first designed rugby in eight in 1823 and rugby be, end up going for 40 years before there were some folks that said all that we want to do is kick the ball and so you got association soccer then you got some folks that say that all that we want to do is carry it now you got American football yeah. and then you got some folks that say that we're just going to keep it so we're going to play rugby now you got all that was done because like you wanted to develop characteristics within human beings wow. to help them become a great version. And so for me, the power of sport has been where like that cycle breaks with me. It stops mm. because I'm now a great human being, a great man, a great leader, a great someone who can then end all that hurt, all that pain. And then like, start a new line of like goodness and love and encouragement and empowerment and all that so that for me is why like sports saved my life and kept kept me from becoming the type of person that just repeats that cycle that's powerful that's powerful coach and and that that would add to your 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 overall coaching philosophy when we talk about relationship with your with your kids because you know, just from uh, uh, of knowing my my clients and my and my families, I I have to ask those questions. Do you have uh, your parent and your mom in the home? Um, what yeah. type of employment do your parents have? Um, yeah. What type? You know, those things affects a, a kid's mental standpoint. So if you wonder why you're not going hard in school, I mean, in practice, and you're getting them going hard, why do you have some issues prior to practice, coach? If you know that, yeah. then you would know how to adjust to that. Um, <clears throat> what's your overall philosophy, you know, when it comes to, you know, coaching and, and relationships when it comes to your players? So for me, what I, my main mission in life, whether it's I'm coaching or just who I'm inter, inter, interacting with is this. I want to empower you to find a purpose to honorably pursue passions, mm. Mm. right? I want you to find a purpose, not your purpose, but a purpose, right? 
and I want you to be able to honorably pursue passions and not just your passions, because like when you're a, a father, you have to pursue your kids' passions. You have to pursue your wife's passions. And I want you to do that honor honorably. And for me, I find that the best way to do that is to, um, to learn how to pursue excellence one moment at a time. Mm. Like, what does it mean to be outstanding or extremely good in this moment? Whatever the activity that I'm doing. And that's the beauty of Fourth Union is that you're shining your shoes. Well, I never will have to shine my shoes ever again. I'll just go buy the patent leather ones that are always shining. <laughs> well, that's okay. But now you're going to learn what it means to be an excellent at that right. because that's what it needs to be. You need to be excellent at putting your boots on. You need to be excellent at making your bed. Like, what does it mean to be outstanding or extremely good? And so for me, that's why I coach is because I want to help you discover a process that you can then translate to any other avenue of your life. Because as you know, as I know, there's only one undefeated opponent in all sports, and that's father time. Father time always wins. Now, maybe you're LeBron James or Tom Brady playing till you're in your mid-40s or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Satchel playing till you're in your 50s. At some point, you're going to stop. And so do you have what it takes to be able to continue to transform your current dreams into your future reality long after the fact? And so I'm always trying to find ways to teach life lessons with these kids and to help them understand a process, help them understand a growth mindset, help them to understand above the line behavior. Set your standard of performance here and aim to live a, a like above that line, right? Aim to live above all that line. And so I, that's what it's about. And I think that the, the fact that you can see, and it's so evidently clear through my daily actions, how much do I care about you and your future and what I want for you and be like, I want you to start a 200 year plan, not a five year plan. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area, and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcast, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction and check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. I find that I love having conversations. I love debating. I love all that. And I love that like sports, like you're not a basketball player. That's not your identity. You are who you are. You're just using basketball as a vehicle to help bring out the best of everything that is that you are. Right.
<clears throat> I totally agree. And, and again, coach, you've been around, you know, for a while coaching different athletes. So, you know, let's compare, you know, our time coming up versus, you know, to now. And, and what you said earlier is that those trials and tribulations that we've experienced, we, we express them and let them out once we get into practice or we get into games so we can compete. And, yeah. you know, fast forward to now, I think, you know, part of that dopamine was the competitive nature, like getting there and competing and like feeling that joy yeah. after when you won the game or you overcome someone you couldn't beat before. But right now you got video games and social media that's totally yeah. in play. Yeah. Which, yeah. Do you think there's a difference in aggression? Do you think it's a difference in, you know, competing when it comes to athletes, you know, today versus uh, yesterday and, and why? Well, one, life is too easy. All right. So I, I share this story a lot because I was born plumb, plumb up, plumb up some holler in the middle of nowhere, West, West, West Virginia. Right. That right. There's another reason why Coach Eric and I were so tight is I was born plumb up some holler. He was born plumb up some holler. But I vividly remember being five, six, seven years old and going out in February, March and like with a, you know, garden hoe and making a line in our garden to plant seeds for the food that I'm going to eat for Thanksgiving dinner. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember doing that. I had to do that. Or guess what? I'm not going to eat my favorite like Thanksgiving meal, which is sweet potatoes, right? With some brown sugar and all that good stuff on it. Like, I'm not going to do that unless I don't wake up at the crack of dawn at five, six, seven years old and get out there and work in the garden. And then going back each day, check on that and to do all those things. And so like, it was just so much more difficult for us to have a basic thing that kids today they like hop on an app and go, I want Chinese food right now. And I also think that the AAU circuit has like disillusioned people into the competitive mindset because you're like, I paid for three games. I'm getting three games. Back when I was going, going up, you were going up. I don't know that I'm going to be able to like get back on the court if I lose right now. Right. <clears throat> right. right. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. So I have to win right now. I have to get that going. And so I think that one, there's a lot of these distractions. So I think that kids can become really good at a lot of things. But the thing that they're not able to do and why I sometimes wonder, like, how much better the players in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s were because like there was nothing else to to do but to get really good at that jump shot. So Larry Bird's jump shot may be insane because like I'm so good and so bored that I'm going to spend this in like tire summer shooting with nothing but my left hand. Wow. 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 Right. And so like I think there's a little bit of that. I think that kids they're just, it's just so easy to go find a different like avenue, a different outlet. The like struggles, not nearly as much. They don't put in as much, like, I guess, e not necessarily time, energy and effort, but the e emotional grit 
the emotional investment into everything that you had because man that struggle was real back in the day for sure you know and and you touched base on travel ball in aau and i want to you know say something right quick about that which you're totally right um when i'm talking to a family they always say well jamel um my my son or daughter they play aau so i'd be like okay um send me a schedule so i can come check them out Well, they email me a schedule, coach, and and the schedule says USBA, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, you're not playing in the AAU league. You're playing in the USBA league. But in their mind, travel ball is considered AAU, right? Yeah. And I tell them all the time, you got Kmart, Walmart, and Target. You got AAU, USBA, and YBOA. They're different levels, right? Yes. Especially if you're playing AAU tournament. And you're coming back home from your three three game weekend, and you had five four, five points and two assists. This you're wasting your money on hotels. You're wasting money on on um, on uh, gas. The whole nine. So it's a tough sell out there. That's what's going on. That parents are just being hijacked, not not being educated the right way. And lastly, on that is that <clears throat> my affiliation, my collaboration with the NCAA and putting out good information is that. Most of these organizations that got these kids playing with them, they're not even eligible to be recruited. You got a junior, yeah. you got a junior that's playing on a team averaging 17 points, haven't taken the SAT and I haven't been, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just it's just crazy. What's, what's your take on that, Coach? I mean, first off, I don't know that you have enough time left for 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 I like know. me to get up on I my know. soapbox. I know because what I see happening is there's so many parents out there and kids desperate for the sports center highlight accolade experience, I call it. And so I've got an a I've got a guy here in town that um, talks about oh we are 12 and two right now. I'm like, well, what are your tournaments that you're in? I'm like, cause I was I was I was just at the hoop group tournament. And the 717U division, where I'm watching Jalen Derlin, Julian Williams, Justin Taylor, and Dewan Wagner's son, and all these other guys, like that level right there, that is some like supreme level. But that's the 17U platinum. And right. then you got the 17U gold, the 17U silver, and you're going off to some other organization. And I'm excited and happy that you're taking those guys and you're doing great things because this guy's trying to do awesome stuff and he's giving these kids an opportunity to grow and value and all this other stuff but like it's not quite the same as this level here and so there's different levels of championships and competitiveness and like Mm -hmm. i and and like i i come from pennsylvania i live in virginia now but when I was in Pennsylvania growing up, there were four classifications and there were four state champions. That's it. That's it. But you go to Vir- you go to Virginia and there might be six state championships in the public school range. There are three more in the private school range. Right. Like there was there was a situation a year back where a high school football team in the county I'm in was two and seven and still eligible for the, for like the playoffs. That's crazy. Like what is going on? And I think that like, I think that people are so desperate for the appearance 
of being great and they're putting their identity in like, I want to be in the stands and wear my son's shirt and have his number and cheer for him while he wins a championship. And that's fine if you put it in the right perspective and going, we won a championship, but we ain't really playing against real dudes. Exactly. You know, just but, say it's a, it's a tourniquetion. Yeah. It's a tourniquetion yeah. is what it is. You know, it's a tournament yeah. within a vacation. That's fine. But yeah. again, different levels to it. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that the real come come competitors, they're the ones who will find their way there. Sure. And the other ones will kind of do their own thing. And as, as long as you're using it to like help a kid learn life skills and values that he's going to like trans transfer. But if you're doing it because you think that this guy playing at an AAU tournament that no one's ever heard of is going to get a division one scholarship. Sorry, you're, you're on, you're the illusional, you know? For sure. This next question is a kind of a two-way question coach and you can be redundant if it, if it, uh, if it fits, you know, when, when you're recruiting a player to come to FUMA, you know, what do you look for? You know I mean? What's some things that stick out to you that's very, very, very important. And secondly, when a college coach is calling you a body kid, <laughs> what are they asking for? Yeah. What are the things that's, that's, that's important? Give me that two-way answer, please. Oh, man. So I, I look for a lot of things. One, I look for um, when I t- text you, what is your read, like, response? Are you giving me one, like, word answers? Or are you acting like I'm doing you a favor mm. for, like, talking, talking to you? So there's a little bit of that. Um, I ask, I ask a couple. I I first off, I don't do phone calls. I do Zoom calls or FaceTime calls or video calls because I want to see their re re like action when I ask them these three questions. <clears throat> One, how much do you love your current hair stuff, right i want to see what the shit is to that because like there's a lot of kids that but for 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 Gideon, it's got to be high and tight right i want to see what your reaction is to that and so i'm gonna ask so you, you, you how long have you use hold on i think everything had a oh sorry up. a about about that i was saying like are you good now yeah i think everything had to catch up so can you repeat your okay. first your first question was your hairstyle go ahead yeah yeah, like, what, what, it, how much are you in love with your current hairstyle? Because, like, I personally don't care what your hair looks looks like me personally, but Fork Union does, right? And so, I, uh, how long you've been without your cell 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 phone, right? Mm. And then I asked them this question here: Do do you, you know what a dog is? Nah, I love it, right? Do you know what a dog on the court is? And based upon their answer to that will help me determine how bad they want this thing and how bad they're willing to get after it and whether or not they pursue. And when and when they tell me, like, you know, hey, I'm doing this, all right, well, tell me about your last wor- wor- workout. Because if you're putting wor- work in and you're putting really good work in, you're like this thing here and all that stuff, or you just telling me a good line there. And so 
um, I, I, I like ask, ask them about those type of questions. I ask them what, 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 do, what, do, what is their definition of excellence? Like, what does it mean to be excellent? All right, I do this. All right, well, give me something that you do right now that has nothing to do with basketball that you do excellent, that you're excellent at. So tell me something else that you're doing that's excellent. Tell me about your classroom. Tell me about all that good stuff. And the reason for that is that leads into what the coaches ask. Like, coaches, sure, they want guys with a certain height, certain arm span. They can score. They can jump. They can do all that stuff. But you're going to keep them up at night if they have to wonder whether or not you're going to be on time for class, whether or not you can pass that class, whether or not you got to do all this other good stuff, whether or not you're a good human being in the locker room. Like, what type of person are you in those things? Because that, that stuff right there will create unwanted stress, pressure, and tension on a coach's, like, coach's whole entire being that if you can get all that stuff off to the side, now we can pour all our stuff into being the best team that we can be and be out there. And so they ask a lot of that. They ask about who they are off the court. They ask about who they are in the class classroom, all that. But for me, the like number one answer that I ask is that like, one, do you know what a dog is, right? Do you really know what a dog is? Are you open to learning about what it like, I'm talking a dog of dogs, looks, looks, looks like there. And then how bad do you really want this, mm. right? How bad do you want it? In this timeout session, we got Carl Thomas. And I didn't understand why, why I couldn't really show what I can do. But as I, you know, just watching it, you guys, in practice every day and competing with you guys every day, I had to adjust and learn. And I, I didn't grasp it till the end. Like, wow, this is really, this is really, like even now when I watch basketball, if I see a, a team like Houston with James Harding, who's one of the top players in the NBA, and I see him dribble the ball more than two or three times, I'm like, I don't like that brand of basketball. Um, but yeah, I had to learn, man. It was, it was, it was interesting because it was, it was definitely challenging, but it was actually effective playing that way. Now let's get back to the interview. That's, I mean, that's, I'm going to use that coach. That's, that's awesome. Those are three things that's really, again, current because with the hair thing, if you want it, that's a sacrifice you got to make. If yeah. you, the phone, the social media, can you be away from that because you got to go to class, could go to practice, you could be away from your phone for four or five, six hours. Can you handle that? And like you yeah. said, but I'm speaking our terminology and I said, a dog, we're in practice. And I asked you that first day, do you know what a dog is? When we get, when we for, you know, uh, for, <clears throat> forward back to practice and ask you that question, it's got to resonate. It's got to know what you're talking yes. about. So I love yeah. that. So I'm going to put that in my repertoire. So one of, one, of, one of the things that I always shout, shout back at players when they like talk about the phone is I'm a huge Eric Thomas fan, right? Eric, Eric Thomas, E.T., the hip hop preacher, that guy changed my life when I first started, when I started listening to him mm -hmm. there. And he, and he says this in one of his earliest videos. You mean E.T. E. E. Thomas or Eric Thomas? 
Eric, Eric, Eric Thomas, they, the, the, the hip hop preacher. But, but, but like Eton Thomas, I re remember being a student manager when he was giving us problems, right? Sure. I remember that. But Eric, Eric, Eric Thomas used to always like say this, that listen, change your voice voicemail to this. Yes, you have reached the right number, but you've called at the wrong time. Call me back in six months. Click. Like that should be your voicemail, right? You've called the right number, but you're at the wrong time right now. Because what these guys don't realize here mm. is that if you give up that for nine months and you go to FUMA and you get a full ride to anywhere that you go, right? And you buy into that and you use that, you come out of college with no debt. The mm. average person comes out with $37,000 in debt. They then pay that back at $375 a month for the next 20 years to pay that off. If you were to take that same $375 payment and put it into a mutual fund that gets 4.5% interest, which is what the average over the last 40 years is for 20 years, you now have $160,000 waiting. Mm -hmm. You then don't touch that and don't put any more money into that for the next 25 years when you're 65 years old, that thing is $700,000. Wow. Wow. You've just gone from paying the government and paying all these private loans, $60,000 to sitting with $750,000 when you're 65 years old. Wow. Wow. And all wow. you got to do is give up your phone for six, nine months. Like, how do you not do that? That's awesome, coach. That's awesome. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermell President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. In, yeah. in closing, Coach, you know, we created something called the Oatmeal Recipe, um, which right. is skill development, education, and nutrition. And that can yes. go with any career, any sport. You know, when you talk about yeah. early using those transferable skills, you know, once you leave yeah. college to the, to the, you know, to your career. Um, yeah. Skill development, let's start with that one. That's, that's very important. And that, that's talking yeah. about building in your craft or it's talking about being a great listener or being a great someone that can deliver a message. Um, yeah. Which, how important skill development is to you and how do you um, use it for your everyday life? Well, so for me, it's very in, important because, again, unlike a lot of other people out there, when I was 21 years old, I don't have a father. I don't have uncles. I don't have grandparents. I'm a mom. I don't have an aunt. I don't have any of that stuff to help give me a leg up, to help, you know, turn over business to me or co-sign on the loan or do any of that type of stuff don't have any of that stuff. So for me, um, I, I, I liken it a little bit to what Booker T. Washington ar argued whenever he was talking about 
how 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 do African Americans how does black cult culture find their way at the end of the Civil War? And he and he was saying, make yourself as skilled as you can be. Mm. If you're super skilled, people will seek you out, right? Mm. And so for 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 me, I had to make myself super skilled so that way I could keep a roof over my head, food on my table, and clothes on my back because I have had everything out of my car. I've lived out of a hotel. I've stood in my kitchen with a half a loaf of bread and a half a stick of butter, and it's Monday. I don't get paid to Friday, and that's all I got to eat, right? So for me, skill development is was about survival, and now it's not about survival. It's that every moment I have an opportunity to let my light shine as best as it can be and to bring all that out. And the more skilled that I am, then the better that I can shine that light. Like I'm a severe stutterer, right? I was born with a severe stutter. And I don't I don't know if you caught me stuttering or even noticed I stuttered throughout this whole thing, but like being hyper skilled at communication and all, I'm a professional speaker. Mm. Now I professional I teach, I coach, I give motivational speeches, I like do all that. Like and so for me skill development is like so imperative because it just increases your value and the more skill that you have the more competencies you have then the greater ab ability that you have to be able to go into any environment that's out there and make a positive impact because you're highly skilled you're you're able to do that and like that gives you so much confidence like every job i go into now i have leverage because I want this job and I want to bring it here. But if this ain't the right environment, guess what? I'm so skilled. I'm going to go right down the block and I'm going to have another spot. And for me, like, if, yes, the pandemic was unknown, people didn't see it, all that good stuff, but I was skilled enough to not miss a beat when the pandemic, I don't, not that the unemployment line's not helpful, but I don't have to rely on that. I'm more skilled that I can go do all those things. And so, Skill development is about just how much value that you can bring into any given environment and what is the best version of yourself that you can be. Because we're only given one one turn at this. And why not become the best version of Seth Wilson that I can become by becoming as skilled at whatever it is that I can be? Yes, sir. <clears throat> and the second one is education. I think yeah. education is very important when it, you know, yeah. it, 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 it helps with your skill development because you need the education yeah. in order to enhance your skill development. How important is yes, education to you and how do you apply it to, you, to your everyday life? For for one, it's it's my number one ener energy attribute. I love to learn, right? I love to learn. I mean, I've, t I've, I've taken the Gallup Strength Finders test. I've done the Strengths Profile. I've done a lot of things out there to help me. And what's common in all of them is one of my top most energy giving, energy providing like traits or character strengths is learning. So I love to learn. That education, right? Nobody owes, yes, we have to go to school, but if you're waiting on them to give you the knowledge, then you're going to be misled and you're only going to get the version of the knowledge that they want to give you. I mean, you you look at what we've learned about how the history of this country was built when people went out and sought out the information 
that they wanted to get as opposed to wait to being spoon spoon fed by what we were told was how this all thing worked in school growing up. So education is important, but you've got to go get it because knowledge is power. Man, I I I uh I like showed my my team the movie Higher Learning this year. And Ice Cube's character in that is like, man, don't take a class just to get an A, like get that knowledge. That knowledge is power, right? That's there. And so go get that knowledge, go get that education, and don't spend time just waiting to consume whatever's being put to your way that's like i mean the cell phones are designed to for you to just consume entertainment and consume clothes and consume this like if you want to use instagram or youtube or tiktok to educate yourself great but like go open up a book go get a like go learn how to paint go learn Krav Maga go learn how to do hip-hop dance go learn how to do just go educate yourself man and lastly coaches nutrition you need to be nourished to do your skill development and education you know I go to all these tournaments all the time I see kids eating sodas and drinking you know drinking sodas eating M&Ms they're not really informed on the importance of nutrition what's your take on that and how important nutrition is to you um again i could this this could be a whole podcast in of itself because i'm a i'm also a state certified elementary physical education and health teacher right and so i teach all that and here's the truth soda gatorade m&ms when you put that into your mouth your body says that's poison i've got to get rid of it exactly right? I mean, processed sugar is poison. Your body is being poisoned. Now, our body systems are so great and so, like, durable and so fantastic that you can, like, you know, eat that and get get rid of it. But think about, again, we'd, like, talk about those pennies, right? If you're constantly digesting food that is poisonous, Think about the stress that that's adding to your overall body, right? Think about that, right? You're adding all that to your body. You're now, your digestive system is a wreck. Your, um, your nerves in your gut, like the gut, the, the nerve systems in your gut are so powerful and it's a direct link from here to there. Well, guess what? Those companies know that and they are purposely poisoning you to mess with this so then you go consume more and so when you honor what you put in your body and you put real food in there and you're not at a constant state of digestion like your body your whole entire life will change to uh my like second state state championship running for football like halfway through the year like there was a lot of stress and whatnot and someone said, Seth, go vegan for the rest of the season, right? And so I gave up all dairy, gave up all meat, gave up all processed sugar. And it was difficult for four or five days. Mm. But what I noticed is that my thought processes changed mm. Mm. when I was eating good food. I was no longer eating.
because that's the power of the gut. Like you're eating poison, it then sends a signal, this is poison, and now you're having negative thought processes. You're eating really good food, man, it's like, man, I feel great, thank you, thank you. And now you're like, your emotions are more balanced, your energy levels are more balanced, all that good stuff is out there, and all that stuff is necessary. Now, it's difficult to eat new nutritious, and it's expensive, to eat really good food. And so you got to do what you got to do because again, I've been at that spot where I had a half a loaf of bread and a half a stick of butter. So man, that 99 cent value <laughs> meal of Wendy's was great. Yes, you know, sir. I feel you, yes, you know, sir. but if you, but if you have the, op, but if you have the opportunity to say, you know what, I don't need everything on my cell phone plan. I'm gonna go with the basic cell phone plan so I can take whatever that difference is and I can put it to, towards good food. I'm gonna do that. And that's where I think that like, we have to be able to educate and encourage people to, to do all those things. But yeah, man, all those things that you have here, that oatmeal recipe, like what you're doing, sir, is you are, you're on another level than the rest of us, man. And it's so awesome to watch what you're doing, what the like the like the experience that you've had and how you're trying to change people's life and educate them. Thank now you. there are two def definitions. There are two things. One, you have to give someone the power and the authority to go do something. You are doing confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. That's what it means to empower. That's exactly what you're doing, what your organization is doing, man. And I'm honored that you've given me an opportunity to get to know you and to learn you and to connect. And I'm just so proud of you and all that you're doing. Like this is, you are a superhero, bro. I, I appreciate that coach. I appreciate that. And, but coach, lastly, before I let you go, <clears throat> you know, I read in your bio. And also I saw some stuff on your Instagram you yeah. gotta give me a, you gotta give me a two-liner and your karaoke rap rap track. You gotta give okay. me a, you gotta give me a two-liner, coach, before we close out. All right, here we go. Here we go. I all right, here we go. Ready? I have been, I have, I have been up for for four days, getting money both ways, teaching and coaching. I could use a glass of cool, cool, Kool-Aid. Rolexes, chauffeurs, and low fates. I keep thinking, how young can you die from old age? They always tell me nobody's working as hard as you. And even though, and even though I laugh, man, they're, prob they're probably true. Because while all of my close friends are out partying, I'm just here making all the music that they party to. So party on, party on all night, fellas. I got these new players nervous as, as prom night players. Yeah, like I could keep that right there is a little joke awesome. thing right there, but nice like you, coach. Jay-Z's blue 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 point two point or this one who 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 the heck is this paging me at five forty six in the morning, crack the dawn and now I'm yawning. Wipe the cold out my eye. See who's this paging me and why. You know? That's you go on, bro. That's I can go up. on, yeah. But see that that also, if I can share, here's the here's kind of where all that started is I was such a severe stutterer that I thought if I could karaoke rap lyrics, 
then mm. I could teach myself to speak fast and talk well. Mm. And man, did it work. And so not only did I like gain a deep appreciation for hip hop culture and like people don't understand the power behind that. Like the fact that because like there were segments of our population where people were keeping them from being artistic and keeping them from being able to have that. And so, you know what, you guys can try to keep us out. We're going to create our own thing. There's nothing that you can do to stop us. Right. And like, so there's so much of that and just so helpful. But again, that's a, that's another long podcast that I could do on that. there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Coach, it was, yes, it, was it was awesome. I learned a lot just from just hearing you and your story. And I'm pretty sure Thank the audience you, would, would, would definitely say the same, you know, uh, you know, it took yeah. us a little while to get together, but I appreciate your, 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 your time. And, and thanks for, uh, thanks for all you do for what you do at, at FUMA as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just want, want like you to know that I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that, the FUMA pro, pro, program is honored and honored well, for sure. right? And that we're using it for the right things and doing the right things. Like the FUMA program today, the opportunity that I have to be this is only here because of how much you've given to the program when you are a player and what you kind of did. And so I'm going to honor that as best I can right there and i want you to know that um that 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 like the program's in good hands and that um we're, we're like going to do things well and however much you want to get involved and be involved with what it is that we do um i will zoom you in i will come to talk you can do whatever whatever it is that you want to do man it's a it's an open forum for sure for sure well coach I appreciate you, man. I'll let you get back to your kids and to your to whatever you're doing today. And uh thank yes, you sir. so much again, coach. Same here. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day now. Same. Bye-bye. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Uh Coach Seth Wilson, thank you for coming along and dropping some dimes on us. And um also appreciate what you're doing up in Virginia with Folk Union uh, Military Academy. Uh, coming up next, we got Trey McLean, a local talent that uh, came from West Ashley High School and now um, is doing some big things uh, overseas, out of the country, doing what he wanted to do and um, have an opportunity to change the, change the narrative in his family's life. So very, very interesting interview as well. All right, we'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of a youth. The future of this country is in our youth. 
And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing. And hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. New York City.